to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mission LHC, where glad to be back on the air. It's been a little while. We've had a little uh, time out while we were quarantined for a little while with COVID, but we're doing pretty good now, and so back in the swing of things. Well, we're trying to get that way anyway. I think a lot of our friends and people that we were going to have as some of our guests, they're probably still a little leery of us that we've got the the COVID bug. And <laughs> you ever notice that, that we've been that way about other people. When someone comes back from COVID, you look at them like they've almost got the plague or something. And, and uh, people kind of give you that look a little bit when you first come back around, like, are they clean? Uh, and so uh, that, that's kind of the looks. I didn't even have it. And they, I get those looks just because I was off with Amanda. Well, I really did feel like I had the plague because you stayed in the basement so that you wouldn't catch anything. But if you ever did come by, you had on, there were several times you were double masked and spraying Lysol behind you. So I really felt uh, a little like I had leprosy, I guess. And that is a true story because I did do that because I was blessed not to be sick at the time, but we did stay completely separate. And we talked about that in one of the, the first episode we did, uh, really the day we, we came out of quarantine because we hadn't been able to do anything, you know, being missing people. But, you know, as we were talking here a little bit, we, we've been in our Disciples Making Disciples class, and you know one of the biggest things that we've talked to is about being able to share our testimonies and our stories. And one of the part that kind of just stuck out a little bit, you know, um, while we were off for those 10 days, uh, you know, it about drove me crazy. You know, a lot of people would really enjoy, finally, y'all know my brain, if we go on a vacation, seven days is like torture on vacation for me. If we can go about five days, I'm happy. But once it starts going any further than that, I can't wait to be back home. I want to be back here. But, but uh, you know, you may enjoy a little bit longer. I don't really know. What, what's some of your oh, thoughts? Yeah, I could, uh, seven days, easy. Yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. Well, and while we were here for those 10 days, I couldn't really go anywhere because it would look bad if I'm seen out anywhere because I'm supposed to be quarantined. And I couldn't go to school. So there was a time or so that I did get in my car and just ride by the school. <laughs> and uh, people saw me uh, from a distance. <laughs> did you? Were you like a little puppy face at looking out the window? At yeah, everybody at, everybody at school. Like I couldn't <laughs> go anywhere and I didn't talk to anyone. Um but around the house, I did all kind of jobs, but it gave me a glimpse into retirement. And, and for a lot of you that are out there, you know that I've really talked about this could possibly be my last year in education. This is year number 31, and uh, I've really looked at the possibility of uh, you know stepping into something different. I'm still in my, I'll say, early 50s. <laughs> Not not as early. You are. You're still in your early fifties. Yeah, I just turned. I just had a birthday. Turned fifty two, but I will still have to work. But um, it's going to be weird because my identity has been tied up in being a teacher, being a assistant principal, or a principal. 
And, you know, God doesn't want our identity to be tied up to our jobs. He wants it to be, uh, we, we should be Christians that are going about in different jobs. And that's kind of going to be the title of what we're going to talk about today as you go. You know, that makes me think about a conversation I had with someone. It's been several years ago now, but I remember her basically saying, you know, we all struggle with the question in our minds of what is our purpose but the reality of it is is we all have the same purpose and our purpose on this earth is to to spread the word to grow the kingdom it's just that the location or the method that we do that uh, varies because of our different interests and our different jobs we're in and and I think God then that kind of you and I started having a conversation how this kind of came about. We started talking about some of our jobs and our careers. <laughs> I won't say careers, I'll say jobs that we did over the years. And you know, one thing I think a lot of times people see adults in certain career choices and certain points in their life, and they don't realize that we are just like them, the the teenagers that are coming out working crazy jobs or. Uh, different ones, and and again, what Amanda and I do with this podcast, I, I, you know, I've had several of you again that's told us a lot of positive things about the podcast, and again, I told them it's just two rednecks sharing their stories, and uh, they said, yeah, but and the, and the bad thing is they never say no, that's not true. They say yeah, but we enjoy it. So I was like, okay, but um, so that brings up some of our very first jobs, and uh, you know, I grew up in a family again. My dad was uh, the one of eight children I believe it is and he was one of the he was the oldest boy and they worked like dogs in the fields <laughs> I'm sorry I'm giggling it just always cracks me up that you can't remember there are eight of them and I think what it is is because you know like he says I have seven, seven brothers, brothers. And it, it is and, and he so makes it's the like eight. you forget to add him to make the eight <laughs> yeah, it is well he they work like crazy in the fields and everything and so honestly dad kind of spoiled me a little bit growing up I didn't work in the fields a whole lot I have picked up potatoes or hauled potatoes and I've hauled some hay and different things but I didn't work in the fields a whole lot but there was a service station a truck stop that was right across the road from my house and as a teenager, I was hired to work uh, pumping gas. You know, some of the jobs that I would do, I'd pump gas, I would sweep the floors, I'd take out the trash, I would stock the store. It had like even groceries and everything. And well, you would wash windshields too, because that's a skill you still have. When we stop at the service station, you always wash the windshield for me. <laughs> yeah. So it was a full service uh, gas station. And I can still remember at the time I made about, well, I started out making $4 and something an hour, I believe it was. And uh, actually, it's about $3 and something an hour. Then I worked my way up and I was getting, uh, uh, probably getting around $5 an hour that I would do that. But I can remember I would work on Sundays a lot of times because there was other people that worked the store. But on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I could, I could work. And I remember um when I first realized now, back there and then, you couldn't start until about 1 o'clock on a Sunday because there was a lot of blue laws that came in. And in Coleman County, you couldn't work in the the mornings. A lot of the stuff was closed. But I remember um, working and doing that job, and that was one of my first uh, 
economic lessons that I had. You know, I remember making maybe $50. My salary was $50, but I end up, what I was supposed to bring home was 50 but by the time I end up getting it, was it was less. And I couldn't really figure out about taxes. I was thinking about that. And then my mom also told me out of that $50 I brought in, I was supposed to give the Lord uh, his share. And uh, I was thinking, I'm not going to have any money by the time I finish this. But that was a job I really enjoyed. And I think while I was working in the service station, that was when I started really interacting a whole lot with people. I enjoyed it because there was a different person every day. And me being a young kid, a lot of the guys like to pick at me and different things. And so I think that's where some of my sense of humor came. Well, maybe that's what you'll do when you retire. You can go back to your roots. And you would really enjoy that, actually. Oh, working in a service station. Because you would, would get to talk to all different people. Everybody that comes in, that's it. And I've, I've even wondered, I wonder, would a full service, uh, service station actually work? You know, where you were still doing things for you don't have to charge a lot of extra money with it. Just I think people would come in because they'd like it. And like she said, every time I fill up with gas, if they've got one of the things you can wash your windshield, I always wash the 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 windshield with that. So you'll come up with your own business and visit the school and get after you're retired and get everybody's keys and say, I'll go fill you, fill up. you up and clean you and clean your car. But um well, that was one of my first jobs, working at the service station, and uh, again, I could walk to work, but what was, Amanda, what was some of the first jobs you ever had? Um, the first, well, this is not a paying job, but the first work I really ever remember doing um, was working in the garden uh, with the family. The whole family, we had a garden out in the one end of Pop's pasture, um, but I remember Mine and my sister's job, we would dig up the potatoes. So <laughs> I can remember digging for potatoes. And one year I remember he planted peanuts and we were digging for peanuts. So that's really kind of the first job I remember. Of course, now my granddad always promised me too that one day he would grow me a popsicle tree because, you know, I didn't like working out in the heat. I've never been that outdoorsy. <laughs> That popsicle tree, was, was that kind of like that monkey that you used to think changed all the red lights too? Did he climb yes. that popsicle tree up as well? You know, the more I think about my childhood memories, the more I think, I don't, maybe my parents should have been a little more worried about me. I had a unique imagination, I think. Well, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, y'all gave me fits. I had an imaginary friend when I was a little kid named Jimmy. And the family all like to have jokes about that and would kid me about it. But see, at least I think some of your stories actually was probably as far out as mine. Yeah, maybe so. But uh, but yeah, I remember working in the garden. And uh, and then, of course, I guess my first paying job would have been uh, babysitting the little cousins. You know, you earn a few dollars uh, babysitting the cousins. And I remember doing odds and ends. But um well, yeah, that brings up a funny story about that. My family all grew up, my daddy and them, and I've heard them tell stories. My grandmother was one of the greatest workers ever in a potato fields and stuff like that. She could outwork a lot of the men, and my grandpa worked out in the fields all the time. They were sharecroppers, and they talked about, you know, the whole family worked, but they would dig a hole in the yard, like a giant hole. And the, the little kids and stuff would stay, you know, like you have a playpen nowadays. But I've heard them tell stories about the kids would stay in that hole in the yard area 
by the field. And, uh, you know, you imagine stuff like that nowadays. <laughs> You'd be locked up in jail forever. That is true. Yeah. But, you know, working in the fields like our parents grew up and y'all did as a kid and all that, it just helped to teach work ethic. And, you know, the, you saw the... Uh, fruit of the labor that you put in you'd be able to see the crop and you know your family was like a lot of our families that in mine and different ones you know, didn't have a whole lot of money but they had a lot of love and a lot of uh you know the the a lot of the family joined together to do that but y'all ate a lot out of your garden and everything didn't oh, you oh yeah absolutely like uh, i remember always putting up you know tomatoes canning tomatoes and corn and you know shelling peas and all that stuff and you know when i was a kid i hated that food but now i really like it i miss getting to eat that way well i like corn and i like potatoes but uh we'll stop right there and that's one reason i wasn't a big uh, uh a farmer probably <laughs> i do remember this though my grandpa and them that did farm like they did they grew watermelons and and corn and things like that of course i remember the corn cob battles we'd have a lot of times out at the barn uh, from that, they they put the corn in a uh, shed, you know, and use it for their animals to feed them a lot of times and everything. Let it dry out and and all. And I remember uh, my grandpa and them also were truck farmers, and they would go sometimes to Birmingham and and go down there uh, at the uh, farmers market, and they would sell stuff or different places like that locally, and they would end up selling it and making some money. But so. That was your, one of your first memories, you know. And then, when I first, I, I told this story in Mike Simmons' uh, episode where we had talked with him a little bit because our paths crossed. I wanted to be, uh, uh, didn't want to even go to college when I was in high school. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I can remember dad was pretty much, you know, you're going to work. And I'm just recapping this real quick. So I went to work. My uncle had a construction business in Birmingham. And, um, he he had moved I can't yeah, he had he was still down there. My other uncles lived here, my uncle Roger, my uncle Bobby, and they worked with him down there in the business and we would uh I would ride with them. We would leave early in the morning, probably around five, five thirty, we would leave and we would drive all the way to Birmingham and we would work all day long and I remember, you know, four o'clock, four thirty, rolling up everything. I was the gopher. And I remember loading it back up and time you had to get in that traffic on 280 in different places. Time we made it back, uh, it would be, you know, later at night, 6, 6.30 or so. And then you were back up early in the morning. And I did that with my uncles and they worked hard. My uncles were hard workers. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, I don't think I want to do this because it was just, you didn't have a whole lot of free time for anything and uh, I went. I remember when the summer was about over. I remember telling my mom and dad, "said Hey, I believe I want to go to college." <laughs> and so that's how I got into college. And then you know, Lord ended up leading me into education and through crossing paths with people. And that's kind of how I got into it. But while I was uh, so Amanda during your college time, some jobs that you worked. Well, of course, my most infamous job, I guess, during that time that was always cool to tell. Uh, I worked at a tuxedo rental place and we took pictures. So we did baby photos and wedding photos and passport photos. And my Saturday job was to measure men for tuxedos. So as a college student, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. 
I don't know if that's cool or not, but uh, I, let's don't talk about that story. Uh, you know, that time working at the photography place, you were working there when you and I first met. Mm -hmm. But they, that job was a pretty big job. Now a photography place is not quite the same because with all the technology and your iPhones take some unreal pictures. Mm -hmm. But back then, you know, it was oh, a little different. You didn't know what your pictures were going to come out like and... I remember going to events with a photographer and we would make sure to take extra canisters of film, you know, and you would try to make sure that those photos were going to turn out well, but you never really knew until they were developed. And uh, y'all did a great job and that business actually is still going. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that you worked at. But again, she worked there when I first met her. And I remember you, you know, still going up there on Saturdays, especially while you were in school and working. Mm -hmm. And while I was in college, so I, I, I did that work with my uncles going into that. I did that a little while. Then I end up going to a bargain town. Now, some of you out there are thinking, what in the world's bargain town? <laughs> bargain town was like a dollar general is today almost the equivalent back then some of you from coleman would remember bargain town it was there when my parents were young i can still remember that me and a friend of mine keith elam he was actually the manager and so we it had all kind of toys and clothing and different things and i i hated it on saturday mornings they would run a sale paper and if it opened at 8 o'clock, there would be people lined up out in front just almost knocking on the door ready to get in because of the sales that were coming. And we knew that day was going to be a busy, crazy day. And um, But we did that. And I, I, I say we, me and Keith, we worked there and had a great time. Uh, we enjoyed sometimes when there were some toys that would come in, like a football or something that might have been damaged or something, and we could play and use it sometime. And so uh, we did have breaks every once in a while. Somehow I almost imagine y'all playing a little more than you're working. And I think we did <laughs> a, a lot of times, but we had a good time. And again, another job where I met a lot of people. So think about that in my career. Mm -hmm. The amount of people that came in that door, the great friends that we met in the store, they treated us unreal. There was a, a lot of, uh, you know, I thought people, I guess they were probably in their 20s and 30s at the time. I thought a lot of older people, <laughs> but uh, they were working with us. And uh, we did make a lot of friends there. And uh, then I also worked uh, with another friend of mine's dad in construction, Dale Pearson. And... I liked that a whole lot. I did that while I was in college, and he would work with my schedule a lot. And uh, but man, I remember in construction, it would during the summer it would be hundred degrees, and and during the winter it might be twenty degrees out there, and ice on the ground or snow or something that was there, and it, it, that right there was some rough conditions and and stuff that you'd have to be in, but. Again, I like that because there was a different job every day. There was a different thing. And so my brain was happy with that. <laughs> one, one other job that I did just for a little while during a summer one time, because work had kind of gotten slow with Dale or something, I think. And uh, I, I wasn't working there. And I, Americo had an opening that during the summer they needed some summer help. So I went and filled in. So that was probably the worst job I've ever had, not because of the company, but 
I was I, I was to stand still. <laughs> well, I would bounce between second shift one week, third shift the next week, and possibly first shift, filling in for people that were on vacation during the summer. Well, I couldn't get my sleep schedule right. Well, then the majority of the jobs that I did, they tested like compressors and different things with stuff, and they I'd have to pull plugs as the compressors come by. You'd have to pull plugs off of it. Well, if y'all know my brain. That was like pure torture for me to stand still for eight hours and pull plugs off of something as it rolls by. But that kind of makes me think about you. That's why we're dogs and cats. Your job, what it, you know, one of your favorite jobs is kind of... Oh, I still say my favorite job ever. Favorite job ever. Um, do you remember when we lived over at Jones Chapel, JW and Sandra Hicks had a, a little sewing plant out across from their house. And uh, your mom worked there. And so I worked at the sewing plant with your mom. It was great. I mean, like, I had a job, and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. I didn't really have to make any decisions. I didn't really have to answer any questions. And so I was the hammer on T-shirts for a long time. And it was just, you know, just... Trying to make production, I got pretty good at it. Do you ever find yourself when you get a T-shirt or something like that? Did for a while? Did you ever look at the sewing or look? At, my mom would do that. I didn't really, but your mom, mom was always my mom. Inspector, well, my mom was so, an yeah. inspector, and my mom, like, if we would get something, mother would come back and say these are irregulars, <laughs> and that's probably why we bought it. Yeah. But uh, it was cheaper. But mother knew a lot of those kind of things, but. You know, it's kind of ironic coming out of our careers where I'm a principal and she's a guidance counselor and things. We have to make a lot of decisions every day and deal with a lot of stuff and uh, that we kind of may end up back in jobs like we just talked about, working at the service station or yeah. being the inspector. Sometimes just doing that. My favorite job, I love to mow. Oh. And, you know, I get out on the mower, I can put my headphones in and I can do that. Now, I didn't say I love all the weed eating and all that, but I like to be on the mower. But you, you know, the grass is always greener, though. I suppose what we we want, what we can't have. But um. so we talked about a lot of our part-time jobs and regular jobs leading up into our careers. And you know, I I told you before that my paths crossed with some friends that was going to be teachers, and I had some great people that influenced my life and I end up being a teacher and so you know I was a teacher probably for around twelve years and assistant principal for around seven eight years and I've been principal for about 12 years somewhere around there the years you know kind of fly by and I don't really recall them unless I write it down they blur together so I've kind of been maybe 10 12 years moving on from job to job and right now again this is about 12th year I'm finishing as principal and you know I think sometimes you get in a you do a job for a long time, you get comfortable in it, and, and, you know, so change is good sometimes with it, but, you know, I still say being a teacher was probably my, one of my most rewarding jobs, The seeing different students every day, being around them, the relationships you build with them, you know, I can't tell you it was all about the, you know, which president did this, or, you know, which war was fought, but just kind of the relationships that you have. Sure. And teaching is very rewarding, and it's one of those kind of jobs that those rewards are few and far between, but when you have that student that comes back and says, you know, I remember this, or thank you for that, or 
whatever, those are the little tidbits that keep you going. I mean, it just re-energizes you to the point that you can make it another year, another five years, just that one or two things. Well, you know, like this week after we were gone, our kids have been fantastic. They, they, you know, everybody, hey, good to see you back, Coach Sherwood, Miss Sherwood. You know, they've been saying a lot of that. And then I had that birthday, and I had one of our classes that they surprised me with some cupcakes and different things. And, you know, just little things like that means a whole lot. And we really are appreciative that we've been blessed in our career to do that. But, you know, that kind of brings up a little bit about why we're talking about this episode. You know, uh, for a lot of years, I was a construction worker who happened to be a Christian. I was a uh, gas station tenant that happened to be a Christian. I was a teacher that happened to be a Christian or a principal that happened to be a Christian. And you say, well, that's good. But, you know, God really wants us to be a Christian that happens to do all those jobs. And, um, you know, any thoughts for that, Amanda? Yeah, it's just the perspective has really changed. And I don't know if it's because we're getting older or, you know, I'm not really sure why God is pricking at our hearts on that. But, you know, I think about how many years did I waste? How many years did I waste living on just being good enough or checking the boxes to Christianity, you know, doing the things I felt I was supposed to do, but not really seeking God's will in my life and actively pursuing other people and and trying to grow the kingdom. Well, let's just think back in the careers that we're in. How many people came into that store when I was a teenager? And if I'd have been a Christian that, and when we say this, we don't think you have to beat anybody over the head with your religion. It's simply your story and getting to know people and talking to people. And then at some point talking about church and your experience with you know being a Christian. But how many people I came into contact with there or construction, we were working on people's houses and seeing different contractors, people coming in, you working uh, in the photography business, how many people came in there to get their pictures and people for their weddings and different things. And, you know, situations like that in education, we see people all the time. There's different adults coming in. There's kids. People were around. I was a coach. I had players. So many opportunities that hopefully over the years that people has seen the Lord in our lives, but sometimes we've got to be able to be willing to talk about it. Yeah, so many missed opportunities. I was uh, telling someone actually just earlier this week, um, a memory I have that I'll never forget. I could tell you about where I was standing um, in the school when this happened. This has been years and years ago, early at the beginning of my teaching career, and uh, another adult was uh, making a statement about church and what was going on at their church, and I remember listening and thinking, I didn't really even know you were a Christian, and and at the same moment that I was having this judgmental thought, it was like the Lord really convicted me just and said, Amanda, well, what what do people think that encounter you? Would it surprise people that you encounter to know that you're a Christian? Would it be surprising to them? And I'll never forget that moment. That 
got something that's ingrained in my brain. Well, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, with what we've been in lately, when you hear the word church, you always think about four walls, at least, in the building. But we are supposed to be the, the church. We're supposed, and But one of the things that we've talked about, we're supposed to be spreading the gospel as we go. And that's why I chose that title, As We Go. He didn't say when you go to church on Sunday, when you go to church on Wednesday, it's as we go. And no matter what you're doing, if I go to a ball game, I should find a way to be able to talk to somebody about the Lord. And, you know, I think he will he will guide us. And, you know, again, he'll give us every opportunity as we seek it. But again, we need to we need to be thinking about that as we go. Yeah, in our day-to-day life, you know, you know, the other night in DMD, our trainer, you know, brought up, you know, as we go to the grocery store, as we go to get gas at the gas station, as we go to the ball game, you know, these are places where we encounter people every day. And so are we really looking for those opportunities? Are we praying for those opportunities? Well, in, in one of our lessons we talked about, it was talking about, you know, setting the stage for mobilizing disciple makers. And it said, when Jesus said to go and make disciples, he was saying, as you go, make disciples. He was not only suggesting his disciples needed to make disciples in places they were not, but also wherever they would they were or would be. And uh, I think he's going to provide that. And, you know, right now, as we we keep talking about right now, these podcasts are coming about. COVID is still running you know, rampant in our community, in our nation. And again, since our last episode, we've lost some good people of our community. And we, we've got other people we know that are dealing with relatives that are uh, right now suffering big with it. And, you know, just be praying. God knows who they are. But it's really opened their eyes a little bit about the opportunities they have to even just share their faith with people because we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. And I believe one day we will answer if we don't tell people, if, if you really believe, if people know that Heath Yearwood's a Christian, but he's not willing to tell me about God or he's not willing to share his faith. It's really not that real for him. And, uh, you know, I hope that as you listen to this, you know, if you're not a believer again, I hope that it, you find encouragement in it. If you have any questions, you know how to get in touch with us. You can go. How can they reach us, Amanda? Well, the easiest way to reach us is um, our email, missionlhc at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can instant message us on Facebook. Um, let us know if you have questions or concerns or need help. We We'd be glad to help in any way that we can well and we hope that we were going to have our next episode we're going to have some of our friends back on here again to share their stories so y'all don't have to hear our old boring (laughs) stories each week but um again we you know if we see you around and just know that we may be asking you to try to appear on that so uh you know i'm gonna be praying that if you think that that you would like to share your story be praying about it you know maybe our paths will cross and, uh, you know, if your story can be beneficial to people, we'd love to be able to have it. And we'd love to be able to, uh, you know, let let people know that we all have different stories. And your your story may be different than ours, but it may reach somebody else's life and touch their life. Yeah. And how many times have we said lately, each one, reach one. And that's all it is. That's the model. Right. Like just 
each one of reach somebody and, and spread from there. Well, again, we do appreciate the followers uh, that are on here. You know, we are on several different places, so we can't really track exactly how many people are uh, joining us each week. Uh, it's kind of been surprising how many people are. But that's all you, the listeners out there that are doing that, and we appreciate it. And again, uh, I'm, we've got some great possible guests coming up in the next few weeks. Be praying that the Lord ends up uh, touching their hearts that will that you know they feel the peace to be able to come on because not everybody wants to tell their stories. We're you know we're kind of guarded and we kind of keep it hid. But you know our guests that have been on here so far have done a great job and. You know, I really think once they get on here, the Holy Spirit's really helped out a lot with that. That's right. All right. Well, again, uh, it's good talking with you guys, and we look forward to our upcoming episodes. And again, hope we have our guest on. Thank you.